The pandemic, it's messing with us. It's messing with our concept of time. It's causing us sleep problems. Feel scatterbrained. Brain feels mushy. I can't concentrate. Just feel overall sluggish. Listen, it's not just you and it's not your fault. It it truly is a result of uh, being under quarantine. And here to explain it all to us is a neuropsychologist and associate professor and director of neuropsychology services at the University of California in San Francisco and San Francisco General Hospital. It's Dr. Christina Wire Jamora. Hi, Doc. How are you? Hi, how are you? It's such a pleasure to be here today. And a quick shout out to all my family and friends in the the Chicagoland area. It's so nice to be here. Oh, do you have a lot of friends and family here? I do, I do. And so they were so blessed and excited for um, to be able to um, have me um, speak a little bit and um, and share the love. So thank you so much for the invitation. Oh, my goodness. We're just so thrilled that you're here with us because just this has been a topic of conversation of just feeling like I've heard of pregnancy brain before, but this feels Mm -hmm. like what is this quarantine brain? What is happening to my (laughs) cognitive skills? I can't remember anything. It is, it is, and it is not your fault. You are so right. And so <laughs> the body is just trying to fight against all of this stress. You know, a lot of us have heard of fight or flight, and that's really what we're in. We're, we're working in a crisis, and our body is trying to do the best it can. And what that means, unfortunately, is it brings some things online and other things offline, and we keep getting this hit of cortisol again and again. And, and, it, and it is really um, the body and the brain are just doing the best they can and um and it and it has an effect it absolutely has a cognitive effect just so glad that you're here because we've been hearing a lot about anxiety and depression and sort of the emotional Mm -hmm. and mental effects of it but not a lot about what it's doing to our cognitive health so dr jamora do you mind just explaining what cognitive health is Yes, it's just a 50 cent word to say your thinking skills. It really is. And what we, what we know is, is that the body in the, in the context of this fight or flight will release something called cortisol. And, um, it's really the hypothalamic pituitary axis or HPA axis that is influencing our thinking skills. And it, um, negatively impacts our sleep wake cycle, um, increased cortisol and serotonin, um, you know, the, the dysregulation of that can mess with our sleep-wake cycle and we're staying up later and not getting up at the right times as we had before might not even feel tired. Mm. Um, it, it, yes, and it also can um, it also can negatively impact our attention and concentration as we get less sleep. We're, we're just not really the best version of ourselves, <laughs> having a hard time with paying attention and multitasking and, and all of the rest. So, um, so it is, it is a real, um, it is a real problem. And I think there are some, also some, some great things that you can help to do, um, to just loosen the effects up and, and, and not feel such in the grip of it. So this is why we can't remember what day of the week it is because we're out of our routine. 
out of our routine. So we, you know, we have markers in our life that tell us what Tuesday is. It's trash day or, mm-hmm. oh, or yeah. um, it's that meeting on Thursday. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this Thursday. And some mm-hmm. of those things, some of those anchors have fallen away, right? So mm-hmm. humans are better with recognition or recognizing things. And we have shortcuts that our, our brain's a storyteller. It's, it's not a Xerox machine. And so we, we have ways, we have shortcuts, and, and some of those shortcuts have fallen away because we're, we're not seeing the people that we see typically. We're not doing our typical things. So we feel a bit discombobulated. You mentioned multitasking. Is it true that some mm-hmm. people are innately better at multitasking than others? Or is it something that you can learn? And how is this quarantine and pandemic affecting our ability to multitask? That's a great question. So there's this recent study out of Stanford that says that multitasking doesn't exist, and that which I think is interesting. <laughs> it's a bit severe, but it, you know, it, it is. We monotask, but we switch really quickly, and so we we do something and then we switch to something else. But we're really kind of sequentially doing things. And it, interestingly, the people that think they're the best at it are not as good as they think. Really? And so there is, they just kind of attribute certain things to certain things. So they they kind of see these successes and it's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. But we we know that in whenever you're experiencing elevated levels of cortisol that your multitasking is that much worse. And switching between things, we're not as flexible. We have a harder time being able to manage um, all of the new things, like homeschooling our children, Ooh. and also all of our existing things. So things take twice as long and get half as done. Is there a lot of research out there about cognitive skills and how a quarantine affects cognitive skills or isolation affects our ability to think? Well, I, I don't think that we've been at this place for a very, very long time. So I, I don't think that there are really good systematic studies. Um, we do have um, more literature on chronic stress and the effects of chronic stress. Mm. And um, and there can be, you know, there can be some pretty significant effects in terms of chronic stress on the brain and the body. Um, but in terms of quarantine and, you know, randomized control trials and, um, you know, those sorts of that level of data, we, we just, from what I understand, we don't have that yet. Well, Dr. Jamora, you are a neuropsychologist. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. That sounds very important and like you had to go to school for many years to do that. I I think um, what what my what my family and I talk about is that I'm just I I just couldn't stop (laughs) (laughs) and that I just couldn't stop thinking about the things that I was interested in. It's really the study of brain behavior relationships. So how your brain and behavior work together to be able to do a task. And so what that means is, for example, if I am going to homeschool my children, there's a sequence of things I need to do in advance. I need to plan. I need to get a sense of what the teacher is saying. I need to be able to get all that information down on an organized list. And it takes attention and concentration, be able to pay attention to do that, remember what the teacher's name is. It takes being able to orchestrate all of those things in a sequence. It takes executive functioning. So all of those things are things that I I just blow my hair back and I, and I love learning more and more about and also not just about those things, but then how to optimize that and, mm. and get a little bit better with what you have. So making the best use of what um, what you have. 
and getting better at that. So it's normal right now that everything seems harder. And that, and I mean everything as in whether you're, it's so funny because I have friends that are saying, I have never done so little, but it just feels exhausting to people that are essential mm-hmm. workers that are in overdrive and of course are exhausted. But it, that it's normal that everything feels so hard right now? It is. It is very normal and that our brain is just not able to process as much information and because we we are just not able to take in as much and do as much as quickly with it. So practicing that progress rather than perfection is very, very important that we're doing the best we can and we're not working really, we're working in a crisis. And I think that that's a really important distinction to, to remind ourselves. Is the problem that we're overstimulated or understimulated? Well, I, I think it is a little bit of both. If I think about it, um, I, I think that we every time that we um, we are digging into the details of all the new coronavirus deaths, mm-hmm. we're getting a we're getting a cortisol hit. We're getting a oh, I'm stressed again. So we're we're having to kind of again having to our body has to come up and come down from that. So we're overstimulated in terms of the amount of information, but then we're understimulated in terms of the things that give us value and worth. We're understimulated ah. in terms of the the relationships that are so meaningful. I, I don't know how many patients I talk with; they they miss hugs and they miss the the love and care that they receive from real interaction, not mm-hmm. Zoom interaction, real interaction. So <laughs> I think in some ways we're overstimulated, in other ways, the meaningful ways we're understimulated, which which I think is is very tough. Can just you know you mentioned uh, social interaction, so I'm thinking just social interaction and maybe just not physically moving as much as you normally would, that can affect your ability to think? Yes. So, um, so especially physical, physical activity is really crucial for a lot of um, reasons. It can help with um, something called neuroplasticity. So it can strengthen those connections in the brain um, and, and help to reduce the effects of other cardiovascular diseases and um, and things like that but also it, it helps to give our um, it helps to give our mood a boost it, it helps to really help us stay um, stay in some ways sane so to speak. <laughs> and not having and not having enough physical activity can, can be very very challenging both from a, a, a neurologic and neurochemical perspective but also from um, a sense of well-being and worth and and having less of that that can can be very challenging for um, for many of us, and and not having that social interaction again, it's the it's the good stuff of life. It's the um, it's the the meaning and joy and, and purpose that of our relationships that that can be so crucial to buffer the effects of this stress. So we're getting all these stress hits of cortisol, and then we don't have our typical coping strategies uh. to be able to neutralize that, which I think is um, is a double whammy, and and so all the more reason to be practicing that self-compassion and kindness um, and, and taking things a bit um, at a bit slower cadence because it, it is a hard time. Well, that makes sense to me. Um, we're talking with Dr. Christina Weyer-Jamora. She is a neuropsychologist. You mentioned taking things a little bit slower. Is that one of the ways that we can mm-hmm. optimize what <laughs> what cognitive skills we do have left <laughs> left in this crisis? Yes. How do I help yes. myself right now? Absolutely. So practicing noticing when you're getting off track. So I'll be working on something and then I'll get a ding on my email and then I'll go down a rabbit hole. So I need to 
catch it. I need to catch myself. I need to check it. Like, whoa, I got to check myself and change it. So I need to go back. I need to catch it, check it, change it. I need to get back on task um, and not take another cortisol hit. I need to keep away from that. Right. I need to take away, keep away from that. So reducing non-gratifying um, stimulation. So trying to really um, reduce some of your contact with the details. You can, you know, of course we want to know what's going on and headlines, but really reducing our contact with the details can, again, support this reduction in, in cortisol um, and, and be able to allow us to cope a little bit better. Wow. Are there any other things we can do, in, like things we eat or like that can help with our, our cognitive skills? And our, you mentioned the neuroplasticity about keeping that mm-hmm. around a bit longer. <laughs> Yeah, so wanting to make sure that we're eating a good, healthy diet, and you know, I think that those tenants always, um, always exist. Um, that it, we're wanting to make sure and eat regular meals, not go into extremes where we don't eat for hours and hours, and then overly stuff ourselves and feel miserable. Um, so having a really good kind of common sense approach and, and healthy lifestyle. I think there's also been a pretty significant uptick of alcohol use. I, I think yes. in um, in some areas it's been like over 200 percent increase in alcohol mm-hmm. use. Um, and that also is not great for the brain. It's just not, um, it's a, alcohol's a neurotoxin and, mm-hmm. and it isn't great for the brain. So in moderation, so, you know, taking, taking care of yourself that if you're above more than a couple drinks a day or three drinks a day, then and really kind of beginning to, to look at that, like, whoa, I'm over, I'm overusing one tool. Not everything's a hammer, not everything's mm-hmm. a nail. We got to kind of Break it up a little bit, um, so that way we're we're able to um, we're able to not add to the the challenges that we're experiencing. And what about should I do crossword puzzles? How do I how do I get this brain into shape? Yeah, so I you know it's interesting. There's this um, there's this study about use of um, crossword puzzles and and other kind of cognitively um, you know in, in enjoyable tasks, and they just didn't find find a lot of transfer effects to um, to day to day life. Okay. So you can do it; it's not going to hurt you, but it might not give you what you need. So <laughs> what it. I usually encourage people to do is do some problem solving about the things that are bugging you the most. So if you're Losing your keys or your wallet, having an assigned place for that. If you're always feeling like under the gun whenever you're um, teaching your kids for homeschooling, doing some pre-planning to be able to take off the heat in the moment. Um, trying to make sure and, and do one thing at a time and, and have some to-do lists that are prioritized by time. So, for example, things I need to just do today, things I just need to do tomorrow, and things it would be nice to get around to. So making it a little bit more doable and overwhelmed and less overwhelming and, and having that information live somewhere besides, you know, floating around in your brain. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Dr. Christina Weyer-Jamora. Listen, you have shared a wealth of information. You've also been a ray of sunshine. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. And again, it's not your fault. Your brain's just doing the best it can. <laughs> thank you. That's that makes thank me you. feel so much better. Come back and be with. Uh, come back and talk to us anytime. Okay. Always, always. Take care now. Yes, you too. Thank you so much. Uh, Dr. Jamora is a neuropsychologist and associate professor and director of neuropsychology services at the University of California in San Francisco and San Francisco General Hospital.